The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game with HR, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the HR status quo and how people are organized, engaged, and motivated to create real business impact. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the Game Changers, I'm telling you, you're in the right place. I always say it and I mean it because it's true. What is the buzz on the street? Let's see what people are talking about. No, not the political buzz. This is changing the game with HR. You know where our head is today. The buzz comes from Sir Ken Robinson, born in 1950, British author, speaker, international advisor on education and the arts to government nonprofits, education and arts bodies, knighted in 2003 for service start. Well, I think we know where his his heart is. Here's the quote. I thought this was interesting. Human resources are like natural resources. They're often buried deep. You have to go looking for them. They're not just lying around on the surface. So what are we talking about here? Let's do a reality check. Your people, your people, come on, your workforce, the people you employ, they are the human capital, unique combination in your workforce. And if you sit down and do the math, they're the only true differentiator that keeps you different from any other company, meaning that's your main claim to competitiveness. Who have you got? How are you treating them? What's the culture? What's the ethos? What's the ethic? What are you doing with them? How are they treating you and vice versa? But let's do a reality check here. As the power of the employee takes center stage, does your corporate board have the CHRO expertise sitting right there at the table to guide your talent policies and strategies. If not, it's time to listen up. We're going to talk today to three experts very entrenched in this topic. We're going to talk about the trends. They may not be trends you like. The pitfalls, hopefully you don't go, oops, into one of those. And good news, we're going to talk about opportunities. So our topic today officially is CHRO, New Roadmap to the boardroom. A lot of key words in that title. So listen up. Let me tell you who our panelists are. I'll introduce them in a moment, but just so you know, Chris Johnson, senior partner at Mercer, joined on the panel by a lady who is joining us again. It's been way too long, Fabiana Lacerca Allen, president of Ethiprax, and they'll each tell us a little bit about their companies. And rounding out the panel, who else? It's the, the fine, very, very smart lady who used to be my mentor early on in my days at SAP years ago, Dr. Patty Fletcher. She's the leadership futurist and solution management at SAP Success Factors. And Patty has put together a stellar panel for today's show. So let me talk to Chris Johnson first. You know, I always ask for an inspirational opening quote, and this one's a doozy. Chris has sent me the lyrics to a song. You will all remember it if I say Katrina and the Waves. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, there's only two really, really hot songs they did that were really top of the charts, and this one is Walking on Sunshine. But before I sing, (laughs) Chris, forgive me. Chris and I are going to do a duet. We didn't rehearse, but I know he's going to be brave. Uh, Katrina and the Waves were a 
British-American rock band best known mm-hmm. for the 1985 hit Walking on Sunshine and the 1997 Eurovision Song Test winner, Song Contest winner, Love Shine a Light. Both sound very interesting. Um, they were actually an ancestor of the group, the band Mama's Cookin'. A pie, never heard of them. Pop cover band from Feltwell, England, founded in 1978. And Katrina, an American, was on vocals and keyboard as the lead. We'll just stop right there. They were Grammy Award nominated for New Best Artist, Best New Artist. Here, Chris, you ready? We're going to do this together. I used to think maybe you, you, maybe love, you me. love me. Now, ba- now baby, baby, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> you do not. <laughs> and let me finish the lyric. I just can't wait till the day when you knock on my door. Now, every time I go for the mailbox, got to hold myself down because I can't just can't wait till you write me. You're coming around. Chris Johnson, what, what a great way to introduce you. You have to do me a favor, Chris. Tell me, what in the world does this have to do with human capital, with HR, with CHROs, and most important, CHRO expertise in the boardroom? Welcome, Chris Johnson. How are you? I'm very, very well, Bonnie. Uh, so thank, thank you for that fantastic introduction. Appreciate. <laughs> are, you <it> sure? <laughs> uh, are you sure? Are you sure? Well, I, um, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I'm speaking to you from London uh, in the rain. Needless to say, um, no, I chose this for two reasons. One, I, it, it's an uplifting song. So whenever I play, I always feel you know, top of the world. And I think something there's something here about CHROs need to be uplifting um, if they're going to be effective in the boardroom. But I also chose it because of the lyric. When if you look about mm-hmm. the, look at the lyric, you hear somebody who's looking forward to seeing somebody else. And I think it uh, if the CHRO is going to be successful in the boardroom, the CEO needs to look forward to the CHRO coming through the door, sending the email being around in the boardroom. So I wanted to get a, an uplifting sense and also a sense of the CEO wanting the CHRO to be there. Very interesting. I have a quick question for you, Chris, mm-hmm. before we move on to Fabiana and Patty. When I see the term, the acronym CHRO, it says to me C-suite, already there at the table, in the boardroom, in the view view of, in view of the CEO. So mm-hmm. are they there? We'll talk about opportunities and trends and pitfalls, but the reality check is, are they already there and not being heard? Are they already there and not saying the right things? What's, what's the reality of what's happening that we're having this conversation. Chris? It's a bit like a political point, actually. The, the, quite often the CHRO has the office, but actually doesn't quite know what to do with the office. So they're there, they're in the seat, but are they a powerful voice? Are they the first person that's listened to as a piece of business strategy or a business challenge is being considered in the boardroom? I think the answer to those questions is no. So present, but not the influence they could be. Thank you. Good good level set, good point of clarification, because I was wondering if our listeners are saying, wait a minute, C, start C-H-R-O, they're there, what the heck's going on? Thank you very much. So this will be education and encouragement for C-H-R-O's to step up before they sit down. Maybe that's a good metaphor, at least it is for me, a visual. Thank you, Chris. Pleasure to get to know you. And now let's turn to Fabiana Lacerca Allen. Fabiana has been on with us at least a year ago. It has been way too long. And Fabiana is president of Ethiprax. E-T-H-I 
P-R-A-X. She has sent us a quote from General Vincent Keith Brooks, young man born in 1958, at least in my POV. That's very young. He's a U.S. Army general who is the current commander of the U.S. forces in Korea, UN Command and ROK U.S. Combined Forces Command. Obviously, he has come up through the ranks rapidly and has a position of great importance and responsibility. But here's what made the news for this general. At West Point, he was the Academy's first African-American Cadet First Captain, that's a position, the highest position a cadet can hold, and it brought much public visibility to him at a very early age in life. So let's see what the quote is. This is a good one. If you have a passion to make things better, you will make things better. Fabiana, welcome back to Game Changers. How have you been? Thank you, Bonnie. It's so good to be here. I've been great. Wonderful. It's been too long. We've got to get you back on more often because you always have such good information. Now, tell me, what caught your attention about this quote from General Brooks? And tell us how it relates, passion relates to our topic today, please. Well, I thought it was really important because it talks about passion and it talks about making a difference, which has always been very important to me. And it's important for any role at a very senior level. Um, and so we are specifically talking about HR presence in the boardroom. They do have to have a passion. They want to have to make a difference to really be successful. The same for every other leader, but specifically when we're talking to people, who do you want to attract, who do you want to retain, who do you want to work with? Uh, and in my case, it's always people that want to make a difference and that show passion. So t- let me ask you a question. Based on my question to Chris a moment ago, Fabiana, when the CHRO does step up, sit down, join the party in the C-suite, if they show excitement and interest and enthusiasm, is that enough? Or are we talking about getting entrenched at a much deeper level in terms of bringing what they know? What, what's your point of view on that? Well, it's never enough, but it's a start. Um, you obviously have to have the expertise. You have to have the network ability, the ability to work with others to really be successful. I, always, uh, I also think you have to have emotional intelligence, uh, and we can get you know, to that a little l- er, uh, later because um, that's one of the other questions that I've answered. But I think that most of the time they're not sitting at the right place. You're not having the right conversation. It's not that they don't have passion and they don't want to make a difference. It's that they were not given the opportunity. Thank you very much. Now we have another part to the equation. They're there. They need to be passionate, smart. They need to focus on the right things for the benefit of the business, but they need to be given the right opportunity or they need to grab it. So I think we're we're setting up a scenario here. Thank you very much, Fabiana. Patty Fletcher, what a great panel so far you've selected. Love the topic. And Patty has sent us a quote from... Rosalind Carter. Okay, kids, you know her name, but you don't know her full name. Eleanor Rose, Rosalind, Rosalind Carter, R-O-S-A-L-Y-N-N. Her maiden name was Smith. She was born in 1927. She is the wife of the 39th president of the U.S. That's right, Jimmy Carter. And Rosalind was the first lady of our great country from 1977 to 81. Interestingly enough, she is a leading advocate for many causes, prominently, most prominently for mental health research. She was very politically active when she was in the White House, and she also served as an envoy 
in Latin America. I didn't know that. Uh, she's still active in lecturing, and you can Google Rosalind Carter, and you can see her all over the web. So I am using the handle from the Carter Center to call attention to the fact that we're quoting her today. And here's the quote Patty Fletcher has picked from Rosalind Carter. Quote, a leader takes people where they want to go. A great leader takes people where they don't necessarily want to go, but ought to be. Patty Fletcher, welcome to Back to Your Series. been a couple weeks. How are you? It has been. I'm great, thank you. Thrilled to be here. Well, I'm delighted. Patty, you, you have such, you, you have a knack for picking people who are not only smart, but really eager to prepare and, <laughs> and send me such great information. And I love these quotes. Your panels are the best. Don't tell the other series. They're, they're yes, the best right, prepared. Yes, nobody else can know that. <laughs> nobody can know that. Just our secret. Did you know that Rosalind Carter was an envoy to Latin America? Did you know that, Patty? I did not know that, and I'm so pleased to hear it. I also didn't know her full name. So I, every time, Bonnie, I learn something new from you. I love that. I'm so glad. My best friend is Wikipedia, 2 o'clock in the morning. What can I tell you? <laughs> Thank God I don't sleep. So, Patty, tell me about this. We're talking about a great leader takes people where they don't necessarily want to go but ought to be. We're talking about leaders telling the CHO. R.O. where he or she needs to be? Are we talking about them leading the CEO and the rest of the company? Give us some perspective, please. Yeah, I'm talking about both. I, I think when it comes to the CHRO, it's an and. There's an awful lot of upside and below kind of leadership needed. And we are going through a, a transformation, and I know we'll get into that. Um, so just kind of prefacing this, there is a difference between the board and the C-suite. And I just want to address that right now so Please, that yes. the, the folks listening, right? So the C-suite, those are the executives responsible for executing on this strategy. So they're the people that you look to around profit and loss around the more operational strategy stuff. In the boardroom is really where the governance component comes in. So these are people who the CEO is in there, perhaps the CFO, but it tends to be externals. And their job is absolutely number one to govern the CEO. Who is that CEO? And let's coach that CEO and, and other members of the team. The other, um, the other piece there is really setting the policy, right? They have a fiduciary responsibility to the shareholders they represent, whether it's private VC investors or it's a public company and it's folks like you and I who, who own the shares. And so they're there really focusing in on the big picture strategy components. What are the policies we put into place? Where are we investing in a very big way or divesting that will help us be successful 12 months, three months, what, I'm sorry, 12 months, three years, whatever that is. So there is a very big distinction. And so what we're talking about here is, and typically the people who fit those positions or get filled in those positions are um, CEOs or former CEOs because nobody knows what it's like to sweat over a PNL like a CEO. Um, and, and, of course, you know, last, back in, what was it, like the 2000s, when, of course, any CFO that had public company Sarbanes-Oxley experience, you know, was certainly uh, being focused on. Lately, it's been people with risk, someone like a Fabiana or um, folks in marketing. And now we're seeing CHROs. So these are people who might, as part of the C-suite, go and um, represent the, the people strategy component to their existing company's boardroom. But they also could be board members for other companies, particularly as kind of a next stage thing. 
And so that's where, and when you're in a boardroom, and anyone who's ever been in one knows there's a lot of deal-making going on in that boardroom, mm-hmm. right? And lots of times you've got to vote for stuff you don't agree with and get right behind it, whether you like it or not, and never say I told you so, which is extremely <laughs> difficult to do. But you are in there with people that are, to Fabiana's point, highly credentialed, highly seasoned. Here's the other challenge for the CHRO, and I don't know if we'll get to it today, but almost 100% of board positions are filled from referral. So it's not enough, and they get vetted, you know, kind of later on um, through that process. So somebody brought them in there, most likely somebody who's on the board. And the reason that I bring this up, and this is one of the areas, maybe not from a credential perspective, but from the other stuff that's important that gets you in that board seat in the first place, or at least gets you in the door, is is being referred. So with CHROs, they tend to be very internally focused, right? They're not like a head of sales or a CEO who's out selling their organization on a daily basis. When it comes to getting to the boardroom, it's not about what you know. That's super important, although that is, of course, important from a credential perspective. And it's not about who you know. It's about who knows you. So how can that CHRO start to build that brand? And it's all about the values. So when it comes to the Rosalind Carter, you know, giving people what they want or enabling them to get to a place where they, they didn't really know they wanted to go, 75% of change management programs fail. Being part of that 25% requires meeting people where they are in order to get them where you need to be. And there is nobody in a better position than the CHRO to do that, whether it's the CHRO talking to the chairman of the board and informing with the right set of data, or it's working with a a line of business lead on restructuring. So lots of um, applications to that Rosalind Carter and and some of the quotes and, and absolutely applications from a a lead up, lead sideways, leads down as a way of people experiencing you, building out your, your platform and, and making a big difference on your way to the boardroom. Well, I learned a lot from you, Dr. Patty Fletcher. Wow, that was very, very interesting. I'm so glad you, you reset that for me. The framework is great. So wh- let's go back to that last sentence in Rosalind Carter's quote. Where do, where do people not want to go? Where do they not want to go that these great leaders, will the great leader emerge at the C-suite, the CHRO? Will the CHRO become that great leader in the context of the board, which you said is mostly vetted referrals, a different different genre, a different culture than the than the uh, the C-suite? Who, who doesn't want to go there, Patty? It all sounds like the CHRO's heart and mind are in the right place. Why wouldn't somebody not want to go there? Because it's really hard to get people to change. And so, and we all have different opinions, maybe on the direction of a company and the route to get there. And sometimes, especially when we start talking disruption, that's incredibly difficult for people to see a new version of that reality. And the truth is, you can make the best investments, buy the prettiest buildings, have the best software in place, but if people are not willing to go there and you're not able to get them there, have them have that awareness, that personal desire, that that capability to get there, none of it really matters. So it almost doesn't matter that where they don't want to go, it does matter that the CHRO is qualified, credentialed, has the knowledge, shifts their own role a little bit so that they can be that advisor to enable that from, you know, no, I don't want to go there to awareness to, to finally getting there. 
Wow. Wow. A lot to take in. Thank you, Patty, Chris, and Fabiana. And let's circle around the table to Chris Johnson at Mercer. Chris, why don't you tell me just briefly, 60 second, if I met you in an elevator. Oh, Chris Johnson, I understand you work for Mercer. What do you do there? What does your company do? Why don't you tell us, Chris, and then I'll ask you what you're drinking today or what you would love to be drinking when you're watching <laughs> Katrina and the Waves sing Walking on Sunshine. So, Chris, what do you do? I'm a senior partner here at Mercer. Mercer is one of the leading HR professional service firms. We obviously would say the leading professional firm. Um, and I lead in Europe and Pacific, uh, the 600 folks or so that we have providing what we call talent services. So we pr- support our clients with things like reward, talent management, uh, help uh, improve the HR function, implement technologies associated with that. Thank you very much. What are you drinking, or what would you rather? And what time is it there, Chris? Let's see. It's two twenty-one here in New York. It is about yeah. six twenty, and I have rather oddly just finished a cup of black coffee, uh, which uh, is probably the fourth one today. And I keep getting told I should drink fewer cups of black coffee. Um, and if I was at home by now, which is not often, but if my next drink will be hopefully a white burgundy, chilled, clean, fresh. White Burgundy, you, you stumped mm. me there. What is a White Burgundy? I'm white looking Burgundy. it up, actually. So you, um, I'm fortunate to live near France, which I do, really do believe is the, the best wine producer in the world. I'm not out many around the call would argue about that. Uh, <laughs> and the region that we particularly, <laughs> my wife and I particularly like is Burgundy, which is uh, fairly central in France. Uh, and we like the White Burgundies, which are typically a fairly full, they are a Chardonnay wine and typically yes. fairly full-flavored wine. Mm. I Googled white white burgundy and I came up with an ad for a cupcake. I've had some cupcake. That's a vineyard, a cupcake vineyard, Chardonnay 2014 from the mm-hmm. Central Coast in California. And that's what came up for white burgundy. So now I know. So I guess I love white bur- burgundy too because Chardonnay is my favorite white wine. So that's there you go. not to love. <laughs> Thank you very much. Go walk on sunshine. Let's see. And Fabiana LaCirca Allen, where are you calling from today? And what's in your cup today, Fabiana? Or what would make you happy to be drinking? <laughs> so I'm calling from San Francisco. It's, or it's, it's the morning. It's not lunch yet. Uh, so I'm not drinking any alcohol yet. I would wait till the end of the day. <laughs> In the day, I generally drink mango Patty latte. Say, which... Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Patty said, thank God. Okay. Um, generally, it's mango, yogurt, and milk. Um, or what do you call that? Green tea. Mango lassi, it's really good. Um, in the evening, though, I would have some Malbec um, uh, from Argentina, which is also a great wine um, country, one of, one of the best, one would say. Um, and if it's not Malbec, it would be a Tardilla, which is white sweet wine. Ah, that sounds delicious. We're having a wine party here, Patty Fletcher. You picked some good people today. I'm getting thirsty. And and I'll tell Patty a secret afterwards, but nobody can nobody can tell anybody else. Just just Patty and I. Patty, what are you doing and where are you today? I know you've been traveling all over the world making stops at conferences and convention centers and going to Washington DC to spread the word about the need for the CHRO to talk about diversity and inclusion, which is the way to the future, the power of the employee. So Patty, where are you right now are you somewhere are you you're not driving are you and you're not in a plane tell me 
No, I'm, I'm in neither one of those. Um, I'm not driving and I'm not in a plane. I'll be taking off as soon as this is over to go back home to Boston. But today I am in Newtown Square at the SAP America headquarters. I haven't been here for quite a few years. So there's lots of changes. The, the buildings are sprouting up left and right, and there are a lot of people who work here. Um, so I'm sitting in a conference room talking with you. Well, I'm glad you got your feet on the ground, and I can almost wave to you from Long Island over to Newtown Square. So, Patty, it's a little, little closer than up to Boston. Couple, two hours that way, and I think four and a half hours the other way. So, Patty, what's in your cup today, or what? I don't know. Are you drinking company coffee? What would you rather be drinking? <laughs> well, I have water, which is really boring. Um, I will be having a Saint Germain cocktail. I think on my way home. It's my new go-to, and it's yeah, I'm all over it. It's um, I use Prosecco, but I guess you can probably I'll use any sparkling wine. Um, so Prosecco, St. Germain, and some soda water, and some folks put a twist of lemon or lime in that as well. It's delicious. And it's called, oh, okay, I've got a food52.com St. Germain and Prosecco fizz recipe. Is that the kind of recipe I'm looking for here, St. Germain sparkling Probably. recipe? Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's become a bit of a problem because St. Germain is not cheap, um, but it's it's so delicious, so why not? Well, you know what? Some of the recipes are S-T-G-E-R-M-A-I-N. Some are S-T period G-E-R-M-A-I-N. Some have the E on the end of Germain. Uh, some are Santo Germain. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe it's a little less expensive if you get the one without the period and without the E on the end. <laughs> yeah. Someone needs some brand help there. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, they kind of do. Martha Stewart even has a recipe. I think she's the Santo Germain. Maybe that's the, maybe she makes it in the bathtub. Who knows? She's always busy. <laughs> doing something creative. Anyway, I am drinking cool, clear water, as Patty knows, in a cool, clear mug with a pink straw, a hot, pink, happy pink straw, because I'm delighted that the sunshine is out here. We didn't get nearly as much snow as Patty and her family did in Boston, but the snow is melting a little at a time. Not much in the past 24 hours. It's been hovering around, oh, 20 degrees with heavy-duty wind chill, but we will probably get up into the 60s this weekend with snow on the ground still. So that's an interesting, an interesting duplicity if you will. So, uh, Patty, the secret off air, I'm not telling anybody else this, I did sneak a coffee and it had a little caffeine in it before we started. So, I know. I know. I broke the rules. I broke the rules, but I needed it today. We are talking about the CHRO, New Roadmap to the Boardroom. CHROs, you need to be prepared. You need to think about change management. You need to think about bringing your expertise to the board. We're not talking C-suite. I have sat and been corrected very appropriately by Dr. Patty Fletcher in the panel. So we have a lot to share with you. We're speaking today with Chris Johnson calling in from the UK. He is a senior partner at Mercer and Fabiana LaCirca Allen at Ethoprax. Fabiana, before I go to break, I must have you, please, I'm going to give you 60 seconds. Tell us again, what does Ethoprax do, please? Absolutely. So we are a compliance consulting firm. Uh, We do everything from crisis management, risk management, compliance assessments, um, implementation of compliance plans, leadership assessments. Do you have the right people in the right place? Are you having the right discussions? Do you have a compliance program that works? Thank you very much. And now I feel refreshed, renewed, and reinvigorated. We're going to take a quick break. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. I promise we'll be right back. Kevin out. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. 
from setting up the right structures, enabling technology, and compliant operations, to hiring, developing, and cultivating a culture of success, SAP SuccessFactors is excited to be your partner in redefining what human resources can deliver to business leaders. Changing the game with HR brings you insights from the movers and shakers who are making this happen. We'll delve into global business challenges from the boardroom to the shop floor and learn what is working and what has to change, all to help you change HR from transactional to transformational. Tune in to the Business Channel to hear today's top human resources business and technology strategy thought leaders share expert insights on how human resources leaders are shaping the future of change for all of us. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Changing the Game with HR, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Changing the Game with HR. And that's exactly what we're trying to do, and I believe we are succeeding exceedingly well. CHRO, new roadmap to the boardroom, question mark, question mark, question mark. Special panel today, Chris Johnson, senior partner at Mercer, Fabiana Lacerca Allen, president at Ethiprax, E-T-H-I-P-R-A-X, if you want to know more, and Dr. Patty Fletcher, leadership futurist. I'll stop right there at SAP Success Factors. We're going to start the roundtable with Chris Johnson, and Chris told me the following in his notes. Let's see where we're going to go. Chris wants to talk about workplace disruption. He says the impending workplace disruption is sizable and the full impact is not yet known. But here's the good news. He says CHROs are in a great position to act as stargazer and guide to the board. That's a big, big optimistic statement. Chris Johnson, please tell us more. It is a big optimistic statement. I agree with you, brother. And I think uh, I, you know, at some point in the conversation, I'll emphasize that stargazers in this context really do need some evidence and some data and some really good analysis mm-hmm. to, to convince their colleagues in the, in the, in the C-suite. But the, the disruption that's coming, I, we see it as having three parts. One part is a disruption to the way work is done. And the disruption there comes from robotics, from artificial intelligence. So what work is going to be done and what or who does it is going to be significantly different. There's all sorts of implications of uh, artificial intelligence in terms of how do human beings compete for work when robots and artificial intelligence can do much of the work they're doing today and what sort of work is going to be subject to robotics and artificial intelligence. The second disruption is all around supply and demand. Uh, One of the challenges, particularly here in Europe, we face is that the economies are demanding more labor than than is in the workforce in each country. So migration, which is politically very sensitive, actually is vital to enable companies to have the talent that they need in order to meet the demands of their customer base. So getting supply and demand in line and working that one through is going to be a second disruption. And the third disruption are the people themselves. Uh, Attitudes in the workforce are changing. Uh, People are looking for more satisfaction. 
satisfying careers. They're much more motivated by purpose. Um, yes, you know, pay matters, uh, but there's lots of other things that are becoming very important in, as they think about the workplace and wanting to work flexibly, um, not just working through nine to five. All of those demands from the workforce, I think, are disruptive. And we're also seeing something political. Um, I, I don't know whether it's a stretch too far, but uh, there is a sense that some of the changes we're seeing in Europe and in the US in terms of who people vote for um, is it's a little it's a bit of a protest that is a dissatisfaction with what is going on socially so the political changes we're seeing I think are actually an issue for employers because people's wealth um, their confidence about their future work employing the fact that works may be going offshore your know, employers are at the heart of those decisions and I think that's Addressing that is going to be a final disruptive element. So three dimensions to disruption. Uh, one is the way work is done through robotics, artificial intelligence. Two, who's going to do the work given the demand for work seems to be exceeding the supply of labor. And then thirdly, the attitudes within the workforce, very significant shifts taking place there too. So the CHRO stargazer actually needs real evidence about what's happening in each of these dimensions in order to help keep their, their business yeah, head of the game, uh, meeting the competitive pressures that will flow from this. Thank you. I think the really good news in there was acknowledgement of all of these these changes, Chris, but also I believe you said that the need for workforce is out, the uh, demand is outpacing the supply. That's fascinating because all your people talking about as a robot's going to replace me, a chatbot's going to take over my job. What am I going to do? So that's a whole other topic, but let's move on to Fabiana. Fabiana, I'd love to get your POV, agree or disagree with what Chris Johnson put on the table for us. What do you think? I fully agree, um, and it ties a little bit with do you have the right people to adapt to all those changes, to help guide through all the changes, to take people where don't, they don't want to go, like Patty would say, uh, because mm-hmm. if they don't have the right leadership, the emotional intelligence in a very, very rapidly evolving climate, they might not be as successful as we want them to be. All these changes are real, and I think we've seen more changes in the last year that we we have seen in a long time. Okay, Patty, thoughts on this? Very interesting. It, it's all interesting, and, and you know, particularly kind of in, in Fabiana's world, it's very interesting because the presentation of risk is very um, changing into something else, and nobody quite knows what that looks like or what that means. And I'm not talking just cybersecurity stuff that an IT department would take care of. So there's there's just so many unknowns with this. But I, I agree, and I, I think, um, you know, with what Chris said and what Fabiana said, and I think, you know, Chris, it, it's so interesting, right, because when we look at the fact that um, – the demographics of the workforce have changed significantly, right? Mm-hmm. Like you said, like we in HR are very used to new um, new generations coming into the workforce. The difference, of course, with digital natives is that they have a different expectation of tools, and that's, um, that is, is very new, which means the CHRO needs 
be a bit of a technical person and does the CHRO play a role in, for example, that the machines taking over things, whether it's fully taking over a job or part of a job. We're working on things like decision interruption for for managers and, and leaders who do anything from hire somebody to fire somebody, everything in between. And we want to use technology to help get rid of some of those biases that are stopping us from hindering talent. So there's so much there around disruption and what the CHRO needs to bring to the table that they didn't last year or the year before. And it's absolutely fascinating in the challenges that many in the boardroom don't necessarily know or understand. And so, Chris, I, I cannot agree more about the data, right? And that it's more than just about the data. It's the right data. <laughs> and that's, it's always been a challenge for CHROs because the people we talk to want a lot of numbers beside that, right? And, and we may be talking um, numbers that are about, you know, who's taking advantage of a program, whereas everyone else is talking about economic impact, right? What's the business deliverable and things. So it's, it's fascinating that the supply and demand thing I go back and forth on. Um, I know that when most people think about um, robots, they think about blue collar jobs, but mm-hmm. everybody, you know, probably on here knows that's not true. Um, like they're writing our, you know, the buy, sell, hold um, for, for stocks for a number of years. Whoa. But there are still yeah. lots of eye-open jobs, lots of open jobs and not a lot of people to fill them. I, wow, well, I, that's good news. Go ahead, Chris, please. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I really would like to emphasize that last point you were making. And the, the, the technical and professional jobs that are going to be challenged, but particularly by artificial intelligence, haven't been challenged before. So it's going to be the lawyers. It's going to be the doctors. Yeah. It's going to be the engineers. So the people, the jobs where there are there, there's logic to what you do, uh, there's diagnostics to what's being done, those are the jobs that are at risk, and they haven't been at risk before. Um, so mm. I think helping, helping organizations adapt to that, um, having leaders who can guide organizations through that. So the emotional intelligence point that was being made, absolutely, absolutely buy into that. Very interesting. I want to move on to a topic that Fabiana mentioned a few minutes ago. I think it bears expanding, Fabiana. You say one of the distinctive characteristics of the strongest leaders is emotional intelligence. And let me add one more statement from your list of topics here, Fabiana. You say, are we rewarding our employees to do the right, harder, rather than the easier, wrong? Fabiana, can we put these two together? I'm, I'm very interested in what you have to say. So educate us, please. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's all about the tone at the top, we, without getting political, of course. The tone at the top that we see nowadays is quite different from others that we've seen in the past. And that impacts how people react. Um, emotional intelligence, to me, is very important because it's having a realistic self-awareness. It's understanding your own strengths and weaknesses. I'm surprised when I'm interviewing people and I ask them, you know, what are your weaknesses? Half of them cannot answer what they are. They look at you, and they feel that if they have any weaknesses, they're not, you know, worth your time, which is all the contrary. We all have weaknesses, and if you cannot identify them and understand, you know, how to overcome them, then you might not be the right leader for an organization that I'm working for. And so the focus has not been emotional intelligence. The focus has not been, do we have the right tone at the top? The focus, in my experience, have not been, do we have the right leadership at the table having the right discussions? 
the ones that do have those discussions are the ones that have really strong teams, teams that can adapt, as Chris was saying, to a very rapidly changing environment. And I think that's a true asset that can make a very strategic difference. And so that's why I listed as important to me. And when I say we're not rewarding um, our best people, is if you are not hiring for these, if you are not giving it the importance it has to emotional intelligence, right leadership, doing the right things, you know, which it takes a lot of courage. And it, sometimes it's not the easiest way. If you're not rewarding for that, then it's very discouraging. And it sends, you know, mixed messages. And it, it ultimately impacts the, top at the, to- the tone at the top, how it comes down and how it's perceived by people that work with you, by your shareholders, by your patients, or any, you know, anybody that happens to do business with you. Thank you, Fabiana. Very interesting. Uh, we're getting very deep here, Patty Fletcher. Why don't you talk about Fabiana's topic, and then we'll ask Chris Johnson as well to chime in. Patty? Yeah, I love this topic. Um, so the, the, the tone at the top is critical for so many reasons, right? So when we think about the board, we think about the people who do put those policies into place, who do decide who the CHRO is, who do decide where those long-term investments are. And so doing that from someone who does not understand their own triggers, doesn't, isn't able to observe them, their own behavior and absorb the behavior of a boardroom, which is always intense, um, they're not going to be able to create that right culture because they might not choose policies that make sense. They might not govern appropriately, right? So it's, it's really important in, in getting that diverse, diversified opinion in places incredibly difficult. There's a lot of groupthink that tends to happen at the board level. And when it comes to people, because they haven't been provided the kinds of insights that now through technology, HR is going to start to be able to provide that links things to business outcomes, for example, and external data, but in new and in, in different ways. Um, in, in, you know, and Chris, I mean, the work Mercer does is incredible in this area. Um, is, is really, really um, needed. From an employee or workforce perspective, where it falls down, though, is what Fabiana was talking about, which is we have this brand, right, at a company, and that brand is who we are, what we value. We wear that brand on our sleeves so that whether I'm a customer or I'm a member of the workforce, I get the same experience. That all starts with tone at the top. If that CHRO is not able to add to that conversation about all the other things that are in there competing with the brand, the different workforces, who's retiring, why people are leaving, who's getting hired, do we practice where we just keep doing things like Fabiana said, hiring the same people but expecting a different outcome, that's where things fall down. That's where the policies really do come into place. That's where investments in technology are incredibly important. So really, really big deal for not only what is the tone at the top, but how do we carry that through the rest of the organization? Wow. Very interesting. Chris Johnson, love to get your thoughts on this. Uh, I've got to echo much of what's been said. Uh, the dimensions of this for me is something like this. I think with artificial intelligence and robotics, there's a real issue about how the human being competes. What do they distinctively bring that artificial intelligence and robotics can't? And I think self-awareness, empathy, adaptability are right at the core of that, not technical strength or managerial strength. So the importance of emotional intelligence is going to be, emotional intelligence as a theme is going to be what carries 
whether it's a junior manager or it's a senior executive, it's going to be what carries them through the very uncertain world that's ahead of them. So tone at the top, absolutely. If we don't legitimize the importance of these softer qualities from the top, um, I think companies will continue to trade on traditional qualities and progressively be disrupted and become progressively less relevant. Yeah. Very interesting. Fabiana, you want to oh, say one yeah. thing? I'm Please sorry. Do. I just want to just, yeah. just say thank you. So, so about the replacement of um, certain decisions from machine learning and, and artificial intelligence, right? That is truly a machine getting smarter, and we we are um, need to get a little bit better at understanding. Humans are the ones who create those algorithms, and so the people who create the algorithms still they build in their own biases, mm-hmm. and so being able to right to build up that talent, that knowledge, that understanding around quality assurance with those. And, and I know that this is emerging, so nobody's quite figured it out yet. We've just seen the problems and challenges, right, um, multiple examples. Um, so I just want to put that in there that that's also a slice that needs to be brought into. This isn't going to change and save everything unless we do it correctly. And I love, Chris, what you just brought up around um, what is it that we're doing this for, right? Is it an efficiency thing? Is it a scale thing? Like, what, is it because it will make us more innovative? Those are the kinds of questions that I, I think sometimes mm. get skipped over um, and are yet completely critical, right? Because it truly becomes an enablement strategy and it's mm. um, just very, very important. But I didn't want to dismiss the algorithm um, component because it is very, very important for policymakers right. and decision makers to understand that. Thank you, Patty. And Fabiana, I want to make sure we get some time with you to comment on what your colleagues on the panel have said about your your terrific topic. Go ahead, Fabiana. Um, You know, I I have to fully agree, and more importantly, what I've been seeing a lot lately, so if you're talking about compliance program, do you have um, a strong compliance program, a robust compliance program that complies with applicable laws and regulations in your code of conduct? Um, most times you do, but if you don't have the right tone at the top, the message gets diluted. Um, it's really hard. You know, as Patty said in her quote, great leaders take people where they don't want to go. And many of these things are really uncomfortable, and most people don't want to do it naturally. But if a great leader takes you there and you're doing the right thing for the right reasons, you have the right tone at the top. Conversely, if you don't, you're leading by fear. Mm. And, you know, that's another paper I'm writing on. Uh, Mm. Leading by fear, it's proven that it's not successful in the long run because you don't have your best people. You don't have them speaking freely, working freely, being creative. Uh, They're only reacting and they are not working in the best interest of the organization. So not only it's the best thing you have, it's also very risky not to. Thank you very much. And I want to make sure before we go to our predictions round in less than five minutes that we get a chance to cover something fresh and new here. Patty Fletcher, I'm looking at your notes. And, Patty, I have to interject a quote that one of my panelists shared with us on a show about prototyping in design thinking. You're probably thinking, Bonnie, where are you taking us? We're talking about CHROs in the boardroom, for goodness sake. Well, I think this will be a very telling quote. It's from Don Draper. I think it was Season 2, Episode 3, Love in the Ruins on Mad Men. And the quote is, if you don't like what's being said, then change the conversation. What do you think of that, Patty? 
Good segue. I think as a yeah, it's a great segue. And as a marketer, <laughs> by like in my heart and mind, amen. Um, yep. It's all about the orchestration of the conversation. But remembering that that came from a different era with social media. We might want to orchestrate it, but we will never control the conversation. And and nope. it really comes right. And and so you know, kind of to Chris's earlier points, there is a power shift. And let's not forget that. And that one of the points, Bonnie, that that was in my area that I'd like to bring up, and it might be a good segue into um, the predictions component. But this wait, 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 one second, one second, one second, Patty. I I want to tell you the one I wanted you to talk about that we haven't yet is creating a culture of cybersecurity. I don't know if that's where you were going, but yeah, Yeah, that one. No. Yeah, Mm -hmm. would you mind just giving that one minute, and then you can go where you wanted? I'll give you a few minutes because it was so astonishing for me to see a culture of cybersecurity in your notes yeah. on a show about CHRO. So please surprise me. Tell me what that means. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a big topic and some people care and some people don't. But as we're getting into HR people having to be um, far more technical in ways that go beyond the traditional, I have a core HR system that's a system of record and now a system of engagement and I'll do continuous performance management, right? We're getting past that now because we're now going, this is about people strategy, not just about HR processes. Those HR processes aren't going away. And so what ends up happening in, in, you know, there's a very big focus on where is the data stored? Where is the data stored, right? Which is why cloud was scary for, for a lot of folks. Um, and so cybersecurity has to be part of that mindset. As machine learning um, into artificial intelligence, um, the more we use social media internal as well as external to create these relationships with, within the organization and across the organization's the boundaries, we have this challenge around Where's the data? Who owns the data? How am I protecting the people in my workforce? I have contingent staff. I have employee staff, right? Mm-hmm. And, and these avatars are working with each other when they're not even there. And it sounds so future, but the truth is it's not. And so it's not only about the enablement components, all the awesome stuff we just talked about, but there also has to be a really good understanding that goes beyond the compliance training we all do once a year that includes cybersecurity and really into embedding embedding it, excuse me, into how we enable the HR and people strategy from the HR department to everybody across the organization. Because remembering, the unique thing with HR is it's everybody's business, not just mm-hmm. the people who have that in their title. So how are we bringing that cybersecurity component in? Because, I mean, Fabiana, can you imagine the risk discussions, right, that are going to be five years from now when pretty much everything's digitalized? So just super important to bring up as an emerging trend in CHROs that can get beyond the transactional stuff on this topic, um, it's going to be pretty huge. Thank you, Patty. I knew there was some some really there were gems in them. There are hills. Do you mind just you can take a minute now? We're effectively in the predictions round. So talk to me about what you were going to talk about. I'm so sorry for the interruption, but I had to hear oh, that. Good. And you'll start the predictions right now. I'm going to give you 60 seconds, and then we'll go around the table. So, Patty, That's what was on your awesome. mind? Awesome. Okay. So I don't I don't think that the power of the people thing is going to go away. I think the the shortage of talent, um, which is another topic. Um, um, is not going to go away. The one-size-fits-all does not work anymore. So much like the CMO who has gone from let's figure out how to sell stuff to people, right, that, that inside-out, they've become the voice of the market in the boardroom and in the C-suite decision-making room. 
the same thing has to be true for the CHRO. Moving beyond the implementing people strategies or understanding, you know, this specific talent pool, they become the voice of that global talent pool and helping create that bridge between where we want to be as a business and how it is that we're going to get there because people, again, are the number one determinant of that success. We need that voice in the boardroom and they will have the tools, the dashboards, all that stuff to to go along with it. Thank you very much. I like where you're taking this. And let's circle around to Chris Johnson at Mercer. Chris, I have a whole 90 seconds for your predictions. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, here I we know. go. So, what are you going to do with it, Chris? Go. go ahead. So, um, so I think in the great people firms, what we're going to see is HR, the focus on people, split between strategy and service. And on the service side, you know, employees, very individualistic. They're going to want consumer standard service support from their employer, be it the delivery of pay or the delivery of choices about benefits or, or help with health and wellness. Um, and it's all going to be done you know, in, the, in their hands, in their smartphones. So the consumer grade uh, service to the individual in the workplace, be that the permanent employee or the contingent employee, is going to be one facet of the great people firm. And you know, that will be managed, will be managed in HR, to be managed in the parts of the business that can deliver that kind of service. The strategy side, I think, will, will go towards the people who are focused on sustainability because they, it is going to be the workforce, the individuals in the workforce, that will determine whether a business can sustain its leadership position in the market. We made the point earlier about how important people are in differentiation. So I think the, the workforce strategy, people strategy side of what we think of as HR today, I think will be blended with colleagues who are focused on sustainability, and corporate and social responsibility. We'll see a totally new function emerging from that. And as a consequence, we might not see HR. What we'll see is a strong emphasis around people, but the strategy and service parts will be managed differently. My prediction is we'll see the first of the great firms doing this by the end of this decade. Wow, and that end of this decade, we're 2017. That's not much time, Chris Johnson. Oh, my goodness. Somebody's got a doorbell ringing, and I saved 90 seconds for you as well, Fabiana Lacerca. Alan, go ahead, Fabiana. What do you predict? Thank you. I think this is going to be a great year. There's so much happening, and it's in times of hardship and uncertainty that we grow, that we become stronger, and we have the potential to make a difference. Um, And I think we're going to have CHROs, taking the lead and showing the way and making a difference and having the right conversations and being at the board level. You know, but action is required because we're not there yet. And we all have the power to lead and produce change. Nothing in the definition requires you to be in charge, but it requires you to have a voice. And so what we've seen is that sometimes they're in charge, but they don't have the voice, or they don't have the voice, but they're in charge either way they're not making a difference. And we're going to see more of that because it's required. Uh, We need it. We see that the changes are coming and the changes are are great. So it requires great leadership, great responses. Thank you very much, Fabiana. Patty, I have an extra. I'm going to toss you a bonus here, Patty. 60 seconds. What's coming up next for your next episode? Do you have something planned yet? Yes, and how timely is this next episode? 
So the next episode is on machine learning, artificial intelligence, cognitive computing, whatever else you want to call it, um, and its impact on HR. We have... Um, We have the head of machine learning from um, the product side of the house from SAP Success Factors, Yvonne Bauer, will be on, um, as well as um, Tammy Reese, who is a product strategy person. I met her at quite a few conferences. We've done some some panels together um, on this topic. And Andy Britt, um, who is from one of our partner organizations, um, who um, works with customers every day on this topic. So really exciting. And I have to say it's probably the most popular topic I talk about now um, is part of diversity and inclusion, separate from diversity and inclusion, and very much on the future of HR. So thrilled and excited about that. Wonderful. And I'm thrilled and excited to be working with you. I don't know how many people know when I started at SAP about seven years ago. Oh, my, how time flies. I selected (laughs) Patty Fletcher as my mentor. Unfortunately, she flew the coop and went somewhere else three months later. But she's back and we're working together. And Patty, it's it's just a a delightful experience and always educational and inspirational speaking with you. You're doing such a great job with this series. I think we're in season two and I know there's a lot more coming. So, everyone, I want to say thank you to Fabiana Circa Allen, Chris Johnson at Mercer, Patty Fletcher, of course, Dr. Patricia Fletcher at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Shout out to Kevin Gassman. I got his last name right. Our engineer extraordinaire at World Talk Radio, the business channel. Thank you, Kevin. And a shout out to everybody at Voice America World Talk Radio. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Believe it or not, this is the end of our broadcast week. I'll be back next Tuesday with lots more game changers. So here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. Tell your CHRO you're fastening your seatbelt and they should do the same with theirs. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game with HR, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.